Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes, we're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a lane. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hour two of two here on Sports Sunday. Mike and Jesse with you today. We're shot out sick. We've got Taylor Lovett coming up and... Uh, Maybe, depending on the amount of time we have left, maybe discussing the Beavs win over the Ducks yesterday in basketball and either either what it means for the Pac-12, which is kind of a bad basketball conference this year, or what, what you think is going wrong with the Ducks, who were supposed to be a great team this year. It's not just Bull Bull getting hurt. The Ducks are not a very good basketball team this year. And the Beavs are, actually, for the Pac-12 at least. They're second place in the Pac-12. They're doing better than than most in the conference. And... Maybe we'll discuss that coming up next segment or in the last segment. But I want to start here. And I'm very curious about what this is. I I have no idea where this is going. Jesse has a theory on why the Broncos traded for Joe Flacco this past week. If you missed it, it's going to be a fourth-round pick. It's not official yet. Can't can't be official until mid-March when the NFL year begins. But they are trading a fourth-round pick to the Baltimore Ravens who – are done with Joe Flacco and going with Lamar Jackson. And Joe Flacco is going to Denver. It likely means Case Keenum will be traded. And uh, that means that Denver will switch quarterbacks, at least for the time being, to is he elite Joe Flacco? When I first saw this news, my thought was, and I tweeted it specifically, the Larry David gif of him looking like, oh, that's okay, but I'm kind of upset. But, uh, you know, the, the famous gif that a lot of people use. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter is where you'll find it. Joe Flacco is better than Case Keenum. Not by a lot. I think I said they went from a mediocre quarterback to a slightly less mediocre quarterback in Joe Flacco. And he's a guy who, in the past, earlier in his career, led the Ravens to a Super Bowl. <laughs> Uh, and had some good seasons in doing so, led them to the playoffs a lot, and in recent times has become a slow, bad vision, under center quarterback that lost his job to Lamar Jackson. And then the Ravens won games with Lamar Jackson, even though Jackson can't throw the football effectively. So it's not a move that that is particularly sexy, but I guess it's a move that makes them slightly better. And I don't know. 
I, I, I'm torn on it because I just want the Broncos to tank for Trevor Lawrence so bad. It's just what I want. Trevor Lawrence is so good. I think he's going to be incredible in the NFL. But knowing Denver, that's probably not going to happen. And I guess Joe Flacco is the answer for now. I don't know. All right. So here's theory. Theory time. Let's go. So when we look at this um, on the surface, it's you're right. It's definitely not sexy. Um, you look at Joe at this guy. He's making eighteen and a half million dollars coming into this season, which is the tenth highest paid quarterback in the league. He just lost his job to a quarterback who can't throw a football. Um, uh, was not given an opportunity in a playoff game where they were literally getting annihilated and. Yep. Uh, their quarterback, who once again could not throw the ball, could not really do much. Uh, I mean, until basically the game was in the hand and the way junk time happens in the NFL where they put up some junk time stats and, you know, uh, defense gives up a little bit. So when you think about that, it's like, oh, we just traded a fourth-round pick for that. Okay, and then, well, you know. Well, I mean, at least it was only a fourth-round pick. Right? I mean, and we digress. We go back to what I talked about a couple months ago when on this show Rashad said that he, you know, well, you know, Joe Flacco threw for like 5,000 yards one season. Uh, Joe Flacco hasn't even thrown for 4,000 yards in a season. Joe Flacco's not a guy that has thrown 35 touchdowns in a season. Um, so you're going, what? I, I looked at this and I was like, oh, I am just – not a happy camper right now because I was also in that that mindset of we're going to get a quarterback this year. I was looking at Drew Locke, kind of locked in on Locke, and uh, it was kind of one of those worst kept secrets at the at the Senior Bowl that John Elway was really interested in Locke and you know kind of fell out of didn't like Jones very much. And I will say this: I personally don't like really any of the quarterbacks in the draft this year. None of them stick out to me as impact right. difference makers right and in that sense i'm unless elway still takes him i'm okay with them choosing flacco over these quarterbacks at the moment because with john elway's history of drafting quarterbacks high in the draft not great well and you also have to look at how how much of um of this is being created by the media and what we're expecting john elway to do because what i'm looking at and i'm looking at all these moves that john elway has been doing um, in the last two months since they got knocked out of the um, – uh, basically the, their season was over, you know, they go out and they get a guy like Vic Fangio. They go out and they get a guy like Mike Munchak. They go out and they get a guy like Mike Scangarello. Um, they get the most Italian-laden um, coaching staff in the football, you know, uh, universe basically. But um, a guy in, in uh, Vic Fangio that, that builds defenses in the in the molds of a guy like Wade Phillips, who, who has never been an like NFL that. head coach. By has the way. never in the in the For biggest. For some reason, I thought Fangio had already been a coach, and I was very wrong about that. He has not, and the biggest question for him in this head coaching thing, I believe, is going to be his his adjustment from working in the booth to down on the sidelines, because we are bringing him in to be the defensive guy that runs this defense, calls the defensive plays. And that'll be a big adjustment for him. But you, you think about that. Okay, okay. They, we've got a coach, head coach, that um, molds to the strengths of this team. This team's strength is still the defense. We know that. Uh, they they lost uh, by single digits to the Chiefs twice, the Chargers once, uh, the Houston Texans once. And you think about all those games. All those were playoff teams, high-caliber playoff teams, that you literally had an opportunity to win those games um, that – 
people like to say that this team is farther than, you know, it's not close. And you look at it and go, maybe it is closer than what people think. And you, you have a guy like John Elway, who in the last couple of years has started to admit to his mistakes. He started, he let go of, of Lynch after only two seasons. Um, you know, he, he's, uh, last year he tried to improve this offensive line by having two different types of offensive line coaches, an inside and outside offensive line coach. And we saw a big improvement from the offensive line. Yeah, the Broncos offensive line has been a big point of contention in recent years where they have just crumbled as the year went on. Exactly. And then you go, okay, well, John Elway goes, we got better, but it wasn't enough. And then he goes, let's go out and let's get the best offensive line coach in the league. And he went and got Mike Munchak, who's a guy that takes undrafted free agents. He takes six round picks and he turns them into all pro caliber linemen. Okay, so now we've gotten a guy. And, and if, for those confused, Mike Munchak is not Mike Malarkey, the former Titans head coach, because when I first saw the report, I thought it was Mike Malarkey, and I went, oh, God, this guy has no offensive prowess at all. He actually was the Titans head coach at one point, though. Munchak was, yes, right. Yes, but, but, but not, not Mike Malarkey, Malarkey correct. Yes. Um, but, no, he's a Hall of Fame uh, lineman. All, like, he was like all pro like nine times as, as, a, uh, as an offensive lineman, and like I said, he gets guys that are six round picks on drafted free agents, plays them at all pro level. So you're going, okay, we got our defense taken care of. We went and got Bradley Chubb. We got, um, we got Von Miller. We, we got a couple uh, bad safeties. We got Chris Harris. Uh, we need a couple inside linebackers. We need an, another cornerback too. And this defense is back up to being a defense. You don't want to play every single week. Now the offense. All right. We got some nice young wide receivers. We got a couple stud running backs. We're missing two things. We're missing offensive line. Well, we've addressed that with the best offensive line coach in the league. Now we need to address the quarterback. So this is where we go to the draft. This is where where John Elway, once again, you look at what he's done. He's Well, let's let's stop it there because okay. we got a break. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's go to the draft next segment. And we're going to continue with Jesse's theory on what John Elway is actually doing because Joe Flacco doesn't seem to fit the bill of a team that's trying to win. It's a team that's trying to tread water, is kind of what it feels like. To yes. me, at least. Yes. Why on are the, they trying to trade water? Uh, let's go to that next. This is Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Mike and Jesse with you today. We're shot out sick. We are in the midst of uh, Jesse going through his why John Elway might actually be a genius theory. So to recap, they get Joe Flacco, which most Bronco fans at first not super thrilled about. Frankly, I'm still not super thrilled about it. But in, in Jesse's theory thus far, John Elway doesn't want to be pigeonholed into taking a bad quarterback. They have a good defense still. They need to have some improvements there. They've improved their offensive line, which was a big weakness. And uh, they have a good running back core. They've got a decent wide receiver core in there. They now have Joe Flacco, at least temporarily, to address the quarterback hole. You said, in the draft this year, and I stopped you because we had to break, What what is John Elway looking at doing in the draft this year, in your opinion? So, is he going to take that quarterback, or is he going to skip a year because they got Joe Flacco? So in the draft this year, he, he, was, he, he was basically like, when you have Case Keenum as your guy, um, you're basically pigeonholed into taking – a quarterback and if you're not going to take um a quarterback and you're you're definitely not going to roll with case keenum again after what happened last season your only options are uh 
maybe a Teddy Bridgewater, a Nick Foles, a Joe Flacco, where as much as as much as I'm a Nick Foles supporter, there are question marks for him outside of Philadelphia. I, I think there are excuses as to why he hasn't succeeded, but the fact is he has not succeeded outside of Philadelphia, and he's going to cost a pretty penny. He's going to cost more than Joe Flacco. Oh, of course. And it's going to be guaranteed money. And guess what? There's no guaranteed money on Joe Flacco's. So, th- so you gave up a, a fourth-round pick for a former Super Bowl MVP. There's only nine active Super Bowl MVPs in the league right now. You got two of them on the same roster. You only paid a fourth-round pick for a Super Bowl MVP quarterback with no guaranteed money. So, so you know, $18.5 million and how much quarterbacks are getting paid, $30 million a year now, that's not a bad price tag, and you did it all for a fourth-round pick. And so right. now you go, okay, we didn't have to pay $26 million to a guy like Nick Foles. We didn't have to pay $20 million for a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, which as much as you want to say, oh, yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of question marks no, to a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. I wouldn't have gone for Bridgewater. Not he at hasn't- all proven it yet since the injury that he can actually be what he was for that year in minnesota so you're basically as far as veterans you're you are with joe flacco right and you go okay joe flacco what what does he do he 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 matches he his success has come through strong defense a good running game and allowing to push him push the ball down the field on play action guess what this team is built to play defense it's got a strong running game. It was one of the top five running games in the NFL this last season. And for some reason, we couldn't run play action because Case Keenum didn't want to throw the ball more than four yards down the field. Well, that's fixed. That's fixed because you've got a guy who is more than willing to throw it 25, 30, 40 yards down the Sometimes field. Sometimes at a fault. At a fault. But <laughs> but at the same time, they were trying to push Case Keenum into that and say, we don't care if you throw some interceptions. We want you to push the ball. And he refused to do it. So you found a guy that is willing to do that. That his best season came under what? Um, a Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, or no, I'm sorry, not Shanahan, but um, Kubiak, who is from the Mike Shanahan tree, Kyle Shanahan from that tree. Guess what? Mike Scangarello from that Shanahan tree. So he had his best season under, under uh, Kubiak. So you're going to have a similar style offense to get him matched up with the strengths of what he likes to do. And so now we move into the draft and we go, okay, we don't have to take a quarterback. What do we need to do? We need to shore up this offensive line. We need to shore up this defense. We need a couple inside linebackers. We need a couple cornerbacks. We need uh, a couple linemen. So they take care of that in the draft. Take care of and that in the draft. they don't do the quarterback. Yep, and, and Elway's going around. He's going, okay, he's looking at the roster. He's going, we have about maybe, maybe you know, 10, 12 guys on this roster that are veterans that we really like. And then we got about, you know, another 10 guys that are contributors on this roster out of last year's draft. If we can get another eight out of the draft this year, maybe pick up another six, seven, eight guys in free agency that aren't sexy, but, but helpful, but helpful the way new England does it, right? They get guys that go in there. They have a certain mentality. They're hard workers. They love football. They're willing to play their role. You get those, you you target those guys, you get them in free agency, and all of a sudden in the last couple of years, you've taken this roster and you've built it into 80% of this roster is just good, right? Okay. It's and, just and a lot good. of them are young, so they're still fairly cheap at this point. You don't have to commit a lot of money yet because you've got guys who were drafted last year and guys in the draft this year. Okay. You found a guy and a, a, a coach who takes talent, Finds a way to get the best out of him. Why? Because he educates. He's them. a good motivator he's, too. Yeah. He's not a player's coach. Fangio, you're players, talking about, right? Exactly. But players love to play for him because he makes them better, and players know it. Okay, so you you have just told me that the Broncos, if all goes according to plan, which is obviously not a certainty, uh, could be 
a playoff potential team if they do it the right way this offseason, right? Correct. So, to me, though, that's not Elway being a genius. That's Elway just actually doing normal GM president well, okay. ownership things. What is the plan after that? So, so because so, Flacco is not the end all plan. No, the no, but that so basically it is everybody likes to be like, oh, he's just trying to throw stuff against the wall and see what it sticks. And so, once again, the, the part of the genius is part of the genius is, is being able to look at yourself and see what you've done wrong and looking at the rest of the league and what's worked and seeing and, and doing a true evaluation of what you have on your roster and trying to let the outside noise, you know, not. Right, not dictate what you actually think of of your team, and that's one thing that Elway does great. He doesn't care what the media thinks. He does his own thing because he's like, I know what I'm doing. You I'm John don't. Elway, exactly. <laughs> well, there's there's a bit of uh, there's an element to that, you know. And and he's won a quarter as a quarterback. He's won as a GM. Yeah, I wasn't saying that as a joke. That John Elway's ego is gigantic. Gigantic. Yeah. So he's looking around. He's going, all right, Patrick Mahomes. He's going Deshaun Watson. He's going, oh, uh, Jared Goff, uh, Carson Wentz. Man, look at all this good talent. But at the same time, you get guys like, I hate to say it, Duck fans, but Marcus Mariota. You get guys like Jameis Winston, who these were the top picks in the draft, and you're wondering if they're going to get signed past their fifth year to be the starting quarterback for the team that spent all of that capital to move up and get them and, and draft them, right? So – He's choosing not necessarily a sure thing, but a more sure thing than the risk. It, what he's doing is he's going, draft. okay, yes, if I, that could very well be me in five years of, okay, is this guy going to sign? Is, you know, just like uh, Brock Osweiler. We've seen this, right? He's seen this. The insanity thing is what what's insane to keep doing the same thing over and, and over again and expect results. different results. Yep. So, if he drafted a quarterback this year, he'd be doing the same thing. So basically what he's doing is he's skipping that. And he's going, we're going to build this team. We're going to build all this roster so we don't have to worry when next year, and this is where it all this is where it all culminates to, next year Justin Herbert comes out. This is where it all comes down is he went to that Stanford game. He fell in love with Justin Herbert at that Stanford game for good reason. I've been on this this show Justin Herbert can make That's, all the throws. That Stanford game was incredible for him. Or it the first half of it was. At least. He he was so good. He is a he is a guy that can do it. I understand why he's coming back. Why people think that he should come back. He doesn't have a lot of reps. Well, Mitch Trubisky didn't have a lot of reps. I think he's going to be a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. But the fact of the matter is, if if he came out this year, Herbert would have been the first pick off or the first quarterback off the board, and you would have had to move. A lot of picks to move up and get this guy that you fell in love with. Next year, he's projected right now to be like the third quarterback off the board. Yeah, you know, put some a little bit cheaper to move up. That could change though if the season it, goes it the way the Ducks want it to go. It could. At the same time, what's the year after that? Trevor Lawrence. There you go. So people are also looking at that, That's right? Who I want. Yes, but you're also <laughs> looking at a guy who wants to win and wants to win now, know, and he's never gonna like. You're not gonna be able to move up and get that pick for for Trevor Lawrence. So so you have to do it next year. So as it so, is right now, Herbert. So Justin cheaper. Herbert is the plan. Justin the Herbert's the plan. plan it is, and part of it is because you, when you think when you you brought up Pat, Patrick Mahomes, you brought up Deshaun Watson. I was thinking mid-first-round guys that had a lot of success. And um, as I believe, both those teams moved up to get those guys, right? Yeah, the Chiefs did, yep, and the Texans did, yeah. Did they have to move heaven and earth to move up to get those guys? I mean, not like the the Rams did for Jared Goff. Correct. No. So, you, so you go from being like, we got to send seven picks to go, 
oh, we'll send this year's pick, we'll send next year's pick, maybe we send another second or a third round pick, and we get a move up. Does that how how does that hurt your 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 franchise? Well, if the quarterback's good, it doesn't. It doesn't. But exactly. if he's not good, then it does. And, and <laughs> at the same time, it, it no, it doesn't. Because all you've done is, once again, you've built this roster, right? You've built this roster. Yes. So that you can sacrifice those picks to get the guy that you actually have targeted, that you love, and you know has the physical talents, is a cerebral guy, is a guy that loves to fight for his team, has a passion for playing football. Are you saying this because you're also a Ducks fan? No, I'm saying this because I because I know <laughs> that he fell in love with Justin Herbert. Yeah, that's uh, it is interesting, and you're right, because if he uses all of his draft picks effectively, which, I mean, that's tough to do too. This is it relying is. on the fact that this year they hit on a majority of their draft picks and also majority of their free agents too, which is, again, always tough. He's been great in free agency. He's been great with his late-round picks. What he hasn't been good with is his – first second and third round picks right the most important ones. exactly <laughs> um yeah i mean I, i'm i'm down with that as a broncos fan that excites me a little bit more i guess because i'd like to see justin herbert in the in the blue and orange but um flacco can get you in the playoffs and this is the one thing i truly believe as an nfl fan and, and eli's proven this twice you get in the in the nfl playoffs you can win it all like that's what i love about the nfl you're a wild card team you can win it all Absolutely. And if you have a great defense, you can win it all. And Denver has, still has a good defense, even if they've lost some of the buzz that they had the last few years. So there's Jesse's John Elway might be a genius theory. Justin Herbert, the future quarterback of your Denver Broncos, if you're a Broncos fan next year because of Joe Flacco and draft picks and Adam Humphreys, who was not mentioned on the air, but mentioned in the break. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, it'll be interesting to see if anything close to that happens. And then we can peg Jesse a genius or, a crackpot with a theory. We can uh, we can decide at a later date which one it is. But uh, twelve months from now, twelve months from now, that would be interesting. I I for one, uh, this does depend a bit on the Ducks' offensive coordinator situation, offensive play calling situation. Marcus Arroyo can't call plays to save his life. We all kind of know that. Um, there's been rumblings and maybe Rob Trzinski being involved as being an offensive analyst or something, which could be helpful. Former Browns head coach, actually pretty well regarded as an offensive mind in the NFL. Justin Herbert needs to have a good season. But if Justin Herbert has a really good season, he's not going to be the third best quarterback on the board. Well, next no, year, and no. that's going to change the plan well, in your mind. So it's it, tough it also because, depends on how Tua does as well. Well, of course, but Herbert, I think is 15 times better than he played last year, but he was handcuffed by his offensive coordinator and by the offense and by and wide receivers, receivers dropping, dropping everything and having really young running backs who weren't consistent yet. Can he do it this year and be more successful this year to get himself into a good draft position spot? And then does that affect the Broncos potential plan here that Jesse has just put to light about getting that guy next year in the draft while using a stopover with Joe Flacco and maybe even a guy who could sit behind Joe Flacco for a year if you need to. Which, and that's uh, it too. Which we saw Patrick Mahomes do behind Alex Smith. And look at what that did to Patrick Mahomes. Made him incredible immediately. So there you go. Some NFL chatter for you today on Sports Sunday. Coming up next, let's do Hate It or Love It. This is The Fan. Here's Jesse with sports.
Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Think about it, I just found our last segment because it's a story about, well, we'll just let it speak for itself in the last segment. But basically, a team lost 20 to nothing in soccer because they only fielded seven players. <laughs> And uh, we'll have to discuss. There's a lot to this. I'm reading the article at the moment. But uh, let's go into Hate It or Love It. Uh, what do you have today, Mr. Osman? Oh, not a lot, you know. Um, not a whole lot of time to prepare for this one today, unfortunately. But uh, uh, we can do a little bit of NBA All-Star theme to it. And okay. we'll start off with what I think is interesting. The old versus the new, as far as you have LeBron James, who is the old superstar that uh, at some point, not, not, we're not quite there yet, but is going to fall off and is going to have to pass the torch to somebody. And that could be uh, Giannis. Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. So, uh, so this year, they got to go and um, pick their own teams. We talked about that for the all-star team. So you got the uh, old guard selecting his team, the young guard selecting his team, and they both had their themes. Uh, Giannis went a little bit younger with his squad. That he did? Yeah, uh, maybe hoping to get a little more passion, a little scrappier uh, play out of him. But love or hate, in the head-to-head battle, Giannis's team will get the best of LeBron's team. Uh, I hate it because if you look at the roster, LeBron's team is like a hundred times better than Giannis's team. Um, so, so you're trying to tell me LeBron's going to be the next GM? <laughs> well, he wants to be a next owner. Did you see that? He's, he's basically all in on being an owner once he's done. I, I'm just looking up the rosters real quick. I remember looking at the draft and going, Giannis, what are you doing? LeBron's taking every superstar. LeBron has Kevin Durant. James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, Ben Simmons, Carl Anthony Towns, Giannis has Steph, Embiid, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook. All those other guys are scrubs. No, I know. They're scrubs. He's got a lot of good players. Uh, You know, he drafted Chris Middleton because he's a teammate. Nikola Jokic is obviously really, really good. He also has Vucevic as well on, on the Magic. He's got good players, and he did. He drafted the young guys. But there is a difference between those guys who, to me, are kind of like that second tier of all-star, whereas LeBron has 80% first tier of all-star. Well, you got And the- so that's why I, th- I say LeBron is – and that team is going to win because they are just loaded. Well, they, you got the young guys that, you know, maybe maybe what Giannis is thinking, we're, we're going to go out there and we're going to make our names against – uh, for ourselves as all-stars against the superstars. You might be right, but the gap, I think, between these two teams is so large because you're talking about Kemba Walker and Kyle Lowry and Chris Middleton and Vucevic. And, I mean, you've got Dirk. I mean, that's just more of like a, hey, Dirk and Dwayne Wade are playing. Of course, Dwayne Wade's on LeBron's team. Against guy, and I'm going to go lesser on the LeBron team, Bradley Beal, LaMarcus Aldridge, Damian Lillard, Carl Anthony Towns, like, those are better than the guys on the on the Giannis team. So they might they might win on Giannis's side because they try harder, but the teams are nowhere near close. LeBron killed it in the draft. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. I mean, um, 
we all know LeBron's been running his own team for years now anyways and designing these super teams. So why wouldn't he be able to win in the head-to-head draft uh, development of an all-star team? Because he's just been playing GM for, for a couple of years now. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I mean, I mean, he, poorly. He, he's not a very good GM, but. Well, he's really good at running coaches out, getting big men and making them from all-stars to mediocre big men but and getting one or two big stars and then a bunch of scrubs who want to play for no money it's it's yeah no why why anthony davis wants to go play with this guy blows my mind because Because he wants to play in los angeles have you seen what lebron has done for big men has he had a big man like anthony davis i don't know man dude i could you imagine lebron and ad together kind of like a kobe and Shaq kind of thing that'd be pretty awesome i mean If you're a Blazer fan, that's not awesome because you hate the Lakers, but it'd be awesome to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I I just I I I feel like he has taken all-star, um, almost uh superstar level big men and made them mediocre. Um by I mean, because they just don't fit into what LeBron wants to do. I don't know. He's an interesting player. He's an interesting dude. Yeah. Oh. Um okay, moving on. Sorry. Sorry, got got all stuck up on that one but um well we'll keep this in the uh the realm of the all-star um weekend and that is we kind of mentioned it a little bit in the slam dunk competition but it's kind of starting to fall on deaf ears a little bit it seems people a little bit less interested more interested in the three-point competition as iconic as the slam dunk competition is, the NBA should move on from it. No, I don't think they should move on from it because it is iconic. And it's something that if you took away, you would get rid of the option to have some of the big guys in it. Imagine next year, Zion Williamson in the dunk contest. He single-handedly could save that thing because he's incredible. If you watch any of his in-game dunks when he's at Duke, uh, doing 360 dunks all over the place, crazy stuff. But also... The reason I think the NBA contest has, or the dunk contest has slowly, slowly drifted away is the big guys don't perform in it anymore. They just don't. We I, I talked about that last segment. The the group in this year's dunk contest was boring. I don't care about Hamadou Diallo or Dennis Smith Jr. or John Collins. I don't. Who? Exactly. I don't. John Collins, the guy the Blazers should have taken over Zach Collins. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... You know, and Glenn Robinson the third won it a couple of years ago, and it's it's they're still impressive dunks, but the the guys who you're watching are not guys you want to watch. I mean, I want to see the the LeBrons and the and the Anthony Davises and all these guys do the dunk contest and the Blake Griffin again. I want Blake Griffin again. Blake Griffin was fun. I want those guys back in the dunk contest, and if you get rid of the dunk contest, you'll never see them ever again in the dunk contest, unless you know down the road where it comes back. So I like the option of having it. And plus, I still think if you think of really young fans of the NBA, the dunk contest is probably still more fun and impressive than the three point contest, because it's just something that when you're a kid watching the NBA, you want to be able to dunk because you can you can shoot a basketball if you want, but you're short and you're a kid. You can't dunk unless the hoop's like five feet tall. Right. It's just a cool thing. So I I wouldn't want to get rid of it for that sense either. Just man. Make it more, make give more incentive to these guys to do it. I know they've got so much money that what can you do, but give more incentive to, to have LeBron and that, that level of player do the dunk contest because that would get the eyeballs back. I even like if, that. Even if it wasn't that creative, 
the buzz of those players would would be better than more creative dunks from nobody's. Uh, you know, when you had Michael Jordan in the the dunk contest, it you didn't need him jumping over a car for it to be awesome. Right. You were seeing Michael Jordan just hammer it down. Vince Carter. Yeah, uh, I mean, th- so Best dunk I, contest of all I time. like that. Incentivize the uh, the the contest, make it something worth the players' time. You're already there, like LeBron. You're already there. But he only, I think he's done it once. Didn't he do it yep. once? And he was like, that's it. I'm yep. not doing it again. Exactly. And, but if you you made it worth his while in some way, shape, or form, or at least somebody like that. I don't know. Giannis, you're there too. I don't know. Let's get some of these big name stars in there and make it interesting again. Because right now it's, it's falling on death ears. Absolutely. All right. That was our uh, kind of half-hated or love it without Rashad today. We'll do a full one again next week when uh, the full team is back together. Coming up next... You want to hear a crazy story out of an Italian soccer team? Good, because I'm going to tell you. Sports Sunday on The Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 1047, last segment here for us today on Sports Sunday. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you. If you missed any of the show today, you could find it on the Les Schwab Tires podcast on 1080thefan.com, radio.com, iTunes, Google Play, etc. Also, if you like craft beer in the area, myself and Patrick Harris from the baseball show on Wednesdays do a beer podcast called Beers on Us. Every Thursday at about 4 o'clock, we release that. We are up to 30 episodes, one, one a week. A lot, of, lot to catch up on if you are interested. You can find that same place as I just mentioned. And I tweeted as well, at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter and Patrick's at PD085 on Instagram if you want to find the podcast. This week, we recorded it yesterday. We're doing a Zwicklemania, which is a beer event that happens once a year. That was yesterday. So uh, we recorded it. That'll be posted on Thursday. If you like craft beer and you like podcasts, and you like Patrick and I, then uh, give that a listen. It's been a fun one to do so far. We drink beer and talk about beer. It's really, really fun. So, uh, yeah, again, iTunes, Google Play, all that kind of stuff. The crazy story I was teasing here, I just saw come across ESPN. The headline was Italian soccer club loses 20 to nil when fielding only seven players. It is a third-tier side. They lost 20 nothing. The club is called Pro Piacenza, and they lost to Cuneo. They only played seven players. Now, for those who don't know, uh, you field 11 players in a soccer game, and then you have five to seven subs, and then you've got guys who are also reserves who don't play in that match but are on the team. They only had seven players total, and that is the minimum amount, I guess, according to this article, that you can still have a game go on. They had already forfeited many, many games, and they were losing 16 nothing at halftime. So the other team really, really laid off in the second half and only scored four goals. The more amazing thing is the team that scored 20 goals had scored 18 goals all season. <laughs> and they scored 20 in one game. This, apparently, the, the seven players who were playing on this team were all between 16 and 19 years old. The team was managed by the 19-year-old captain of those seven players. 
because the coaches and the manager didn't travel because they were they are not getting paid. This is the reason why this is so bad. They don't have enough money to get paid. All the other players in the team left because they weren't getting paid. They're not paying their players or their coaches. And apparently, this is the most amazing part about this article. The I'm just going to read it verbatim. The club suffering severe financial problems was sold for a nominal one euro last summer. The team sold for one euro. One. So what you're telling me is I could have owned my own little semi-pro franchise. Yep. For a euro. They've had four. They've had six uh, general managers in four months. Man. So you know this is going well. Get your act together. I just I saw twenty nothing. I went what? You know if you're if you're buying the club for a euro, you're probably not going to be able to pay the bills. Yeah, that's probably a good point. If you're like, ah, one euro, I could afford that. Then you realize, oh, crap, these guys are making $5,000 a match or whatever it is. It's probably a lot lower in this in this league. But either way, you $1, that's great. But you, now you have to pay everybody. Uh, no. That'd be like me. Oh, yeah. I'll, oh, you'll, you'll sell me the Oakland Raiders for a buck? <laughs> I get to oh, be the owner. All right. Uh Oh, I need a bank account to pay the players? Oh. I thought that was I thought that came with the team. Yeah, I thought when you when you bought the team for one dollar it was um I didn't need to do anything else. I'm just the owner, right? I'm just the face. Right? It, it, I don't it, need money, do I what? You need to invest in the team for the team what? I thought I it already made it so money or something and we just paid him out of that. What are you talking about? Yeah, this is just uh, it's on ESPN, it's one of the front page stories just because it's kind of funny so if you're interested in that uh go ahead and read that story of a team who lost 20 nothing by playing only seven players i love how the local media outlet stopped covering the team and they're like we'll start covering it when this farce is over <laughs> i mean i would i would do the same thing why oh, would you cover that team but the, but as a media outlet wouldn't you also kind of be like oh wow this is one of those train wrecks that you can't take your eyes away from like maybe take it the other way and be like we can't stop talking about this because it's such a mess it's such a disaster i guess that i guess that is true i mean bad news makes for good reporting right bad teams and stuff make for makes more, for good ratings for sure it makes for more interesting topics because when a team is really good it's like, what do you say hey nobody's gonna beat the golden state warriors they won again oh oh they won again yeah. oh they won again I and mean, this year the warriors are the most interesting because there's all that stuff going on in the background with kevin durant and the media stuff and is, is he, he gonna, gonna leave he's gonna be a nick right and that makes it a little more interesting whereas before it was just like hey the warriors are really really good yeah no the 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 like conflict creates ratings there's i mean why you know hence the you know everybody's like oh john elway doesn't know how to draft a quarterback oh look at this john elway trying to throw more stuff against the wall it's like Oh, John Elway's going to to draft a quarterback. It's like uh, I don't hear John Elway saying anything. I just see him doing things and what he's doing and what you're saying not necessarily matching up, but what you're saying makes for good ratings. Clickbait. Well, but I mean, Clickbait. It's, not, it's not wrong. You can't draft a quarterback well. Well, I I I don't necessarily agree with that. Well, but we don't we don't have we'll enough time to dive back into that. But it's just you're right. That is part of it. If you if you talk about that, then yes. That is part of that whole thing. Yeah, I guess you're right. If I was that newspaper, I would cover that game. And it would be the big headline in your local paper. Farce of a team, whatever in Italian, 
loses 20 nil to a team that scored 18 goals all season. Right. And that would be the headline. Big. Granted, this is a third tier team, right? How many fans do they actually have? Are there other bigger teams in that area? I don't know. Um, you know, the, the thing with, with this kind of stuff is there's teams, because they have so many tiers in all these countries, there's there's teams everywhere. And you could be living in this city, whatever the city is, and 10 minutes down the road could be a big top-tier team that you could just be like, yeah, you know what? This is a cute story and all, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hitch my ride over here to Roma or whatever the case may be and watch a really good team play soccer instead. So I don't know. It's I wonder how many fans this team actually has. Like, were they a big fan base or was it just a small team that's just struggling and it's kind of funny because it's 20 nothing. With with teams all over the place like that, is it, I mean, how, unless you're a really successful franchise, I mean, how big of a fan base are you really going to have anyway? Uh, it depends. I think there's a lot of local support in these kind of countries, but... I think a lot of people have multiple teams too. If you're a fan of a lower tier team, you also wrote, root for a top tier team right. because why not? I'm going to go look real quick and see where this place is in Italy, if I can find it. It's a small little town. Piacenza. I would assume it would be kind of a, a little town, you know, a couple thousand people or, you know, like 20,000 people, something like that. It appears to be quite a small town, yes, but it is just down the road from Milan. <laughs> Just down the road from Milan. So how many people in Piacenza are rooting for Piacenza? Or are they rooting for AC Milan? Or Fiorentina, which I believe is also in Milan. Don't fact check me on this. Um, I'm assuming there's a lot of AC Milan fans, not the soccer team's fans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you got the diehards that, you know, we're from this town, we'll root for this town till the day we die, blah, blah, blah. But then you... We're definitely going to have the bandwagon fans that are going to jump on the winners. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks so much for listening. Really, really appreciate it. Rashad and I should be back next week uh, all together as uh, we will do another Sports Sunday. We've got – we'll figure it out, I guess. NBA will be back by that time. Thursday, the NBA returns. Blazers' seven-game road trip starts on Thursday against the Nets. You'll see in this Cantor play, so we'll talk about that. Any big stories out of the NFL like Joe Flacco? We'll talk about that. More AAF scores. Only from you, Jesse. Only from you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. Omaha! 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 This one's for Pat! Arr. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.